getting this started here, Tyrus, an honor and a pleasure to be speaking with you. Does anyone in the world call you Ty or are you Tyrus to everyone? Tyrus is such, it's, it's not that long. So I feel like if you shorten it up, you're just being lazy. I mean, if my name was like Stefano and you wanted to call me Steph, I get it. But to take the us off it, it just seems to me. But if Ty works for you, so be it. It'd be a first. I like to ask that kind of stuff because to name drop here, when I interviewed Tommy Lee, I asked him outright, I said, does anyone in the world call you Tom or Thomas? And he's like, yeah, my mom, when she was mad at me, would call me Thomas and my wife calls me Tom. So you never know. So, right. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's usually, hey, you in my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for doing this. It's such a pleasure to connect because years ago through prior employers of yours, I said, I want to speak to that guy. And he was not available. So thanks to the Fox team. Yeah, they're, they're, they're funny that way when they, when they pick and choose who they want to, you know, but no, free man now. Free man now. And so you have a very interesting career in that you are a champion within NWA, but you're also a regular contributor to what they say is the best rated late night talk show. And then you also do other stuff. Was this kind of the end goal, the dream to be able to do a bunch of different things at once? You know, that that's a great question. Um, now, when I and kids today are still the same thing when they ask you, you know, what you want to be when you grow up and kids will hit you with that combination. Like uh, right now, my daughter is going to be a biologist, an NWA wrestler and a ballerina. So that's what you know she's going to do. My son's going to be uh, a WWE wrestler. And he's going to have a YouTube channel and he's going to be a firefighter. Yeah. So, you know, and um, when I was a kid, I was like, I was going to play football. I was going to wrestle and I was going to be a movie star. Those were really, really uh, ridiculous goals because you don't think of what's real and what's not. So um, I, I kind of ended up doing that. So in a weird kind of way. Uh, it wasn't, it's a, it's a tough road and it changes all the time and you got to be fired a lot. The only way you get a lot of jobs is, you, is your ass gets fired a lot or let go or released or however you want to look at it. You got to fail a lot. Uh, there's been many a times when uh, I've just kind of looked in the mirror going, is this worth it? You know, is this, is this really, you know, and sometimes it might be easier just go get a job in construction and disappear you know, or go become a teacher and, and some in the middle of in the Midwest somewhere, you know, under assumed name and just enjoy life. Cause sometimes it, it can be tough. And, and unfortunately I picked, and you know, this year being in entertainment, eventually you all get fired. Yeah. Very few of us get to retire in the sunset, you know? And so it's an, it, you can love it all you want to, but you, as long as you understand that it's never going to love you back. You know, and so and wrestling is just like that. Uh, I've been fortunate to have a long career in wrestling. Uh, acting is tough because I'm I would I'm not bragging, but I'm an intellectual guy. I'm quick wit guy doesn't quite fit the body frame. So being the quiet bodyguard in every movie can be a real pain in the ass sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Because you want to drop things in there and you want to do things, but you don't look the part. But. Uh, you got to stay working. So sometimes you got to put your pride aside to put food on the table or one small step might lead to bigger steps. So I, I never look at the way I walk into anything as permanency. It's like, I'm in the door. 
once I get in the door, they see my work ethic, they see my charisma or my wit or whatever, then I'll be able to get more. So that's kind of the way I've looked at things. And Fox was very similar to that. And here's the deal, though. They're all very they're all very kind of intertwined together in a weird way. Yeah, well, when I was going over your accolades and your amazingness at the beginning, I did not drop the fact that you were on Glow, one of the greatest streaming-based TV shows of the past few years. We saw you in a couple episodes at the beginning of that. So actor, Fox News personality, host, and wrestler. Those four titles, or am I leaving one out there? No, you know what, though? Uh, Jack of all trades, master of none Um Glow is still a sore spot because I was brought back in movie at the same time. And my agent at the time was basically trying to talk me into not doing Glow to do this movie. And I was like, I want to do Glow. So, but that was not basically what was conveyed to them was like, well, he could do this, but he needs these days off and these days off. And, um, unfortunately uh, i and here's the best part the movie ended up getting defunded so it was like i ended up over but you know that you know but chavo Guerrero did a great job and I, you know with my taking over with my partner with my brother and it was a great series and i was actually surprised that it didn't go as long as it i thought it should have went longer i don't you know i guess sometimes you run out of steam but uh i i kind of feel like they pulled the plug a little early on that one they had a lot of talented people on there and that could go a lot of ways doesn't you know they could have you know lose some stars in there but you know that's the nature of the beast yeah well we might see if heels on the stars channel picks up the steam from that and then that's successful and therefore there's now five wrestling shows we'll see if that ultimately happens but how did the relationship with fox first start were you henpecked by somebody on the staff there at the gutfeld show no no um not even close uh basically uh honestly the best way i could i kind of tripped and fall into it that's the only way you can describe it i wish i don't have a cinderella story for this one um but other than well i guess kind of because i got i was on twitter Mm -hmm. and i was uh i was posting stuff because i was just out of the wwe and just starting with impact and you have to do more things on social media bookings and promote yourself because the wwe kind of does as you know not available they kind of pick yeah. and choose what you do yeah so and impact is like it's on you like we give you the platform but you gotta you gotta do you if you don't put any work in it you don't get shit if you put work in it you might get stuff so uh i was using i was very active on social media at that time and somehow a strand came through with a great gut comment from red eye and I made a comment back and then he responded and he was like, Hey, I was looking through your Twitter. You're a pretty witty guy. Would you be interested in coming on my show sometime? I immediately thought creepy little white guy wants a wrestler to come to his hotel room and beat him up or something. You know, like I thought it was like some weird thing. Like yeah. why the hell would this conservative Republican want me to go on a Fox news show? Cause to this point I hadn't talked any politics other than in the WWE locker room with Kane and Daniel Bryan because uh, Kane was he was so influential in terms of like making sure you're aware of stuff you know there's like your future and being fiscal responsible with your money and, and knowing where your taxes go 
that was something that, and Kane doesn't get enough credit, uh, and he's a great mayor now, but he doesn't get enough credit for what he did in the back for the boys. You always talk about, you know, guys, what they do in the ring, doing the ring. Behind the scenes, he was really pushed being more than just a wrestler mm-hmm. in terms of who you are. And I took it to heart. So I, um, so when he asked me to do the show, I, I frankly, man, I thought it was all BS. You know how many times I've been asked to do a movie with no paycheck? Yeah. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, get rich. All we got to do is this. And if, if 10 million people buy that, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, Briz. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I agreed to do it. Then I got a phone call uh, from Joan, but I was very skeptical. And then like an actual, like, just like the WWE, if someone calls you up, here's your flight. You're flying here. You're staying here. Uh, it was just the one off. Just going to come on the show. See how it goes. I had no expectations. And um, we just kind of hit it off. And during the first commercial break, he said, hey, if you lived in New York, I'd, I'd have you as a co-host, man. You're really good. And I was like, I don't live in New York, bro. And he's like, well, I don't know, maybe once a month. I'm like, oh, that would be phenomenal. Great. Cool. And um, it just kind of went from then the next time I came back, uh, I want, I'll say is it's probably that second time. Yeah, I talked about the importance of uh, when you are pulled over to cooperate and it's not the moment to become a civil rights leader. You're not, you're not, you know, you're not Rosa Parks. When you decide to resist and fight the cops over a traffic ticket, you're a criminal and you need to remember that. And the, the goal is to go home. So you cooperate. For cuts, I was just speaking from the hip. Like I had been when the LAPD came around, the district had their reputation. We weren't stupid. You know, um, my neighborhood, we were convinced they killed Tupac and Biggie Smalls. Like we, we had our issues. So, and I'd been driving, you know, I think one of my buddies had a candy apple green Cadillac with gold Dayton's and he was selling it to me and I was driving it one weekend and I got pulled over and it sucked. I had a clean, in LA in the summertime, all you wear is a clean white t-shirt. That's it. You clean white jeans, jeans and your kicks are clean. In my case, my hat was on backwards and got the first thing I got asked is where your drugs at? Not how are you doing? Where's your license? None of that shit. And it was next thing I know, I'm laying face down on the ground for two hours for no other reason than driving white being big and black. You know, it sucks. I've been through that, but I, the whole time it was about cooperating and getting through that situation. Worst case scenario, I was going to go to jail for the night. Someone had to bail me out on Monday or whatever. It would, the whole process sucked. I hated giving him the fake respect or kissing out whatever, but you know what? Eventually I didn't have any warrants. I wasn't speeding and I was let go. And then the other side of it, I've had a flat tire on the side of the road and I've had a sheriff stop and go above and beyond helping me get to where I need to go. So, you know, and I've had vast more positives than negatives, but you have to acknowledge them. So when I spit it, it just, it went viral and I didn't even get it. And Greg was like, have you seen this? And I was like, no, I don't really look at that stuff. And he was like, they love you. We want to bring you back again and again. And eventually they were like, hey, how much do you make it impact? And I lied to him. And they were like, okay, we'll give you 10 more. And I was like, damn it. I, one thing about me, all my jobs, I'm a horrible no- negotiator. Horrible. I cannot represent myself at all. Like, I'm terrible. And so I was, and then it just kind of took off from there. Wow. But it was never the plan. That, that is so much great information and actually answered like three or four of the intended follow-up questions I had. So I'm going to take this in a different direction and say around that time after you'd left Connecticut, uh, the old company. I, I saw you live on this show at City Fields called Legends of Wrestling. And that yeah. was a weird, 
betweener period kind of thing. When that was going on, now keep in mind, half the talent from that show has been signed and is back on television and doing great things. But did that feel like the end of the rope for you? Like, what am I going to do next, that period of your life? No, because I had things going on. I had literally, when I got released from the WWE, I got a call from Impact four days later. Oh. So they were like, as soon as your 90 days are up, EC3 is waiting for you. You know, and uh, John Gurek, as we call him, Big, who was at WWE, he was the head of the talent there. I was one of his favorite guys. See, uh, my guys were all gone. John Laronitis was gone, who hired me. Big was gone. Bill DeMont was gone. Dr. Tom was gone. So I didn't really fit in the new regime. So, but they were everywhere else. So because I've always uh, had a good work ethic and I was talented and sometimes um, that's always not enough, if, but my, I'll be honest with you, not, I kind of shut down my last year. I wasn't happy with the direction of the, the Funkasaurus and Tenzai and I, I felt like we should have been getting more and I really wanted us to turn heel together because I felt that we could really show what I, I spent my first two years in the WWE training under Arn Anderson to be this vicious heel. And as he would say, how many shirts did I have to change rolling around the ring with you? You know, and uh, I really let my frustration kind of cloud my last probably six months in the WWE. And I, I have to take responsibility for that because if I was more open, it probably wouldn't happen. But I wouldn't be here now if that didn't happen. So whenever I, I look at the WWE, it, it was the launching point of my platform. So I have nothing but uh, good vibes from them. I, I still speak to guys. Uh, you know, John Laronitis has always been a big supporter and someone that uh, Paul Heyman's a guy I can call for advice anytime I want to. Uh, just there's so many positives in the WWE that I really don't have a, a bone to pick because at the end of the day, your success comes back on what you're willing to put in. And when you get fired or you get sent down, that's not an excuse to lay on the ground and blame everybody else. So I never, I never really had that kind of attitude. So I, I was lucky that where I was able to go right into impact. And at the same time, I was getting booked everywhere. Now yeah. I was doing legends. I was getting a chance to wrestle my buddy, Brian Myers, who was the guy who was my, he uh, was my opening match for the Funkasaurus. And a lot of people don't, not, a lot of the guys were not, it was a short line to be the guy to do the job for the Funkasaurus. And Brian walked right up to Triple H and said, I want to be Brodus's first match. And that, I will never forget that. So here we are, Met Stadium, his hometown. He's Mr. Met. I was supposed to, he was supposed to put me over. And whoop, lo and behold, slipped on a banana peeled. Myers stole it. I remember Brian Sags was like, what the hell? What the hell? Like, you're on the moniker, you know? And I was like, oh, you know, things happen. I walked up to Brian. I said, who's up? You up? He's like, yeah, I'm up. We never bothered to ask anybody. But I was so happy because he's dressed like the Mets, you know, and I'm a Red Sox fan. It just doesn't seem right to win in Mets Stadium. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'll just blame it. I'll blame it all on Stanley. Stanley didn't cover the – he didn't cover home. Brian got me on a roll-up. It happens. But uh, Legends of Wrestling was – and it was great. Uh, Goldberg was there. Uh, yeah. I met uh, Uncle Louie with the belts. Like, that – 
whenever you're, and it was it's great to see everybody and everyone was really well paid. So when you're wrestling in a VAF somewhere, an armory with six people there, that might be the end. You know, that situation might be the end. But um, so it was a, it was a, it was a good night. I had a lot of fun, got paid extremely well. And the legend circuits do pretty well when they do get together. I know they kind of, not everything's sustainable, but yeah, I don't, I, at that point in my life, being books, uh, in calls, being able to name my priest and having impact and starting to have things happen with acting and starting to have things happen with the gut felt show. It was a, a touch and go period, but it was a lot of promise. And I really don't, I never focus on what I don't have. Like I said, I never thought like, oh man, I'm going to, you know, all I got to do is bust mass for three months and WWE's going to call me. Oh man, you know, like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to get, I'm going to get my green mile and be the next Michael Clark Duncan. I never really think in those terms. I just kind of focused on what's right in front of me. Or as Harry Smith used to always tell me, live in the now. You know what I'm saying? I'm living in the now. Like, why are you wearing a cowboy hat and a sports jacket and a British flag running to the ring? And he'd just look at me and TJ and go, I'm living in the now. So uh, that has always kind of been my philosophy because at the end of the day, wrestling and any, any other entertainment or sports, it's always not up to you. You know, someone has to want to book you. There's a writer that wants to write for you. There's a promoter that wants to pay you. And then one day they're not. And I'm not, uh, it's my window is closing. I may, I've told myself two years, the clock is on. I'm in end right now with Billy Corgan and it is phenomenal. I'm having a blast. And because I'm such a historian in wrestling, when I won the television title, I'm like, I'm rocking this thing every damn where. For everybody that I ever stayed up late to watch, Tully Blanchard, Magnum T.I., Nikita Co-op, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, Arn Anderson, Tully, I mean, those guys, when they had that television title, that and I respected them so much because that meant they defended on TV damn near every week. So uh, it meant a lot to me for, to, to have that opportunity. And at the same time, use my platform to get people to remember the NWA, and mm -hmm. I didn't expect it to be such a big reaction at Fox, but I didn't really think about it, because most of the older viewers at Fox grew up watching WWE, not they were watching NWA, TBS, so for them, they're like, I remember that title, it, it's yeah. kind of cool. Well, the last two questions I have, that ties, what you just said ties into the first one, and that's are there any surprise wrestling fans on the Fox News team? Because I know from talking to different people, there's a lot of closet wrestling fans per se, but anyone you can spill the beans on? Gutfeld. Gutfeld. Just the way he introduces me, NWA, World Television Champion. I didn't ask him to do that. Like, he's always asking and hinting, and uh, I've already talked to Billy about it, so... We might see Gutfeld in some in some trunks at some point, um, and I would completely turn on him. I would go full Andre on him. I would. I, it would not be like celebrities in the WWE where they. It'd be old school where we beat the celebrities up. You know, <laughs> you come you come into my house, you got to pay the bill. I never I never liked that when we started letting the the actors come on and beat us up. It used to be, you know, Muhammad Ali was in an airplane spin. And Gorilla Monsoon told him, you don't know wrist lock from wrist watch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that was 
the that was the great Muhammad Ali. So, uh, but it's it's a it's a beautiful thing. Uh, a lot of the old Geraldo, um, Judge Jeanine, all the old school like Waters was another one who's always asking me questions about it. He's very envious of my title. I told him, if you want one, go get one. You know, he's like, what's well, always on your shoulder? If you had traps, bro, you'd do it too. I can put my book right there. You can't. So I'm just having a good, the only, I have zero, and there's a lot of, and I don't get a lot of hate, which is crazy, but why you should, enough with the belt, bro, instant block, you're gone. If you don't understand why I wear it, and you're not really a fan of mine, and uh, I'm going to wear it until someone takes it from me. So uh, and if you don't like it, you don't have to watch because I don't live my life based on fans and likes. I do what I like. My kids love it. My friends love it. My peers love it. Uh, whenever, you know, ever I get on thing, I get a text from like Kevin Nash or, or Trevor Murdoch or Dolph or any of the guys going, man, good for you, man. Because we all, we like the fact that we come to the, the wrestling. I'll always be a wrestler first. Like that, I will always remember because if it wasn't for John Laronitis and Bill DeMond and Vince McMahon and Triple H fighting for me and the, and the time that I spent with the American dream, uh, that he went from coach to pops, I wouldn't be here having a conversation with you if it had not been for them, for seeing something in me. So this is my tribute and my swan song because my, it, I always told, I would never do anything to this disgrace the sport and once i couldn't do the movements once the power starts going mm -hmm. then it's my time to go out on my shield and move on you know and i no disrespect to the rick flares and the guys who stay forever I get it they're icons and they weren't able to turn into anything else i think it's important to because I've turned things into other things that I don't have to wrestle anymore. But right. when I'm done, that door is open for the next guy to transition from wrestling to talk shows or acting. And we have The Rock, we have Cena, but I think of guys like Dave Batista who really, their platform really didn't help him. He kind of, when his career was over with the WWE, it was kind of like done, you know? Even when he came back, it wasn't like the same kind of, and Dave is I think one of the best actors out there. He is mm -hmm. a character actor and his acting career is just as probably more influential than his wrestling career. And yeah. Dave was a top guy, no mistake, no mistake. But it's like he stopped, resurfaced, kicked ass and took names. Then there's guys like me who were really good mid-card guys. We never really got, like I had one match with CM Punk, one match with Edge, I always did well. Cena only T-boned his ass one time, but you know, he knew better. But um, never got to that position. But I used my platform to take it to the next, to become a player on a high level at a different, so it's almost harder. But there's more guys in my lane in wrestling than the, that are going to be a Cena or a Rock, so to speak. And to see that we can transition and be just as powerful. Because I think I'm, I think I'm killing it on TV. I don't think there's another wrestler in my league right now in terms of those things. And that opens the door for the next guy, like a Dolph Ziggler or a Swagger, whenever he decides he wants to do, whether it's Fox or whatever the case may be, it's, it's important to show how talented it is because the reason why I do so well at Fox is because I know how to talk in a minute. 
these guys, these talking point guys, they need five, six minutes to get their point across. I was the best thing. Heath Slater and myself, what, you know what we were the best at? Ra's going over. We got three minutes. Who's got it? We're, we got you, boss. We'll go out there. No entrances. We'll, we'll, we'll slip on a bed. See you next week. Three minutes. Deuces, I'm out. So it's the same thing with gut fail. That's why I'm the anchor. When I see them put one minute up, I got this. Don't worry about it. And hitting times is so important. One takes is, is what you learn in wrestling. There's no read takes. You know, Sid said it best. Oh, can I do it again? We're live, pal. <laughs> that is wrestling. That's why we're so damn good at other stuff. You put us in acting. We get confused because all the retakes and angles because we're ready to go. And that's the beautiful thing, the advantage that a wrestler has over an actor because we know how to work the crowd and get it in when it counts. That's my – I'm off my soapbox. Go that, back to being – but that, thank you for real. That we're live, pal, reference was the best thing you could have done. I'm not going to try and top that with any questions. So, Tyrus, uh, the, the last compliment here is – uh why why are we talking to you because you've reinvented yourself you're on weekly television on a highly rated program people who had no idea that you were a wrestler are watching you every week and going that guy was a wrestler yeah makes sense so keep up the greatness and looking forward to seeing what's next whether it's a movie a memoir whatever it is i got a book coming out soon i got a couple movies coming out so we got some stuff going we're gonna have to do this again bro i look forward to that man Thank you for your time. Keep and up the greatness you. there. When did you first get passionate about bees with relation to when did you first get passionate about Aberfeldy? Wow. Um, well, I mean, the, the, the whole thing that, that I love about Aberfeldy is these honeyed notes in the whiskey. And I'm a, when I drink whiskey, it's usually a nightcap at night, and I like it neat. So with Aberfeldy, especially in the summer, it gets really hot. And I've noticed that I've been drinking it even like on a Sunday afternoon, which is like new for me. I don't normally do that with whiskey. But because it's just so smooth and there is that rich honey noted taste to it, it makes me feel like I can kind of drink it anytime, day or night. So it's, it's, it's definitely the new favorite in our house. And obviously, I love any organization that promotes helping and saving the bees because that's obviously something I'm super passionate about. So um, I'm just so proud to be to be a part of helping them spread this this awesome message. Thanks, Beth. Yeah. You're one of those people where I've been listening to your music for decades, but I didn't necessarily know it was your music. Is that something that you mind or is that just, you know, the life and times of somebody who's had a publishing deal more of their life than not? No, I mean, I initially when I was, you know, when I was a kid, I kind of had this sort of path in my mind of becoming an artist first. And you know how sometimes best laid plans. Right. And uh, over the years, just it, it just it, when you're trying to get in the industry or at least I remember when I was, it was sort of like I had the plan, but at the same time, I'm also a believer in, you know, roads show themselves. And mm -hmm. for whatever reason, my path showed itself where someone started showing me about, you can also get songs on other people. And for someone like me, it was, it was, it, it made it fun to, more fun in a lot of ways, because I like a lot of different styles, but obviously as an artist, you know, you tend to sort of kind of favor one as a singer. I probably do a little bit more like R&B and pop, but um but I love, I mean, I grew up on 
every literally a very to me that was normal you know just growing up with like everything loving from everything from the Beatles to Zeppelin to Black Sabbath to the Stones to Earth Wind and Fire to Stevie Wonder to it was all great James Taylor just gone on Steely Ann Eagles I literally could go on forever and still a fan of a lot of you know today's stuff well as well um and so, but along the way I was sort of shown the way you can write songs for other people and that opened some doors which eventually led to my record deal mm -hmm. and I never really stopped writing for other people maybe maybe at when I was first put out my first record because there was you know it kind of took up all my time uh, but after that you know I just I've always sort of written and produced for other people so I understand if someone doesn't know that I wrote that song but it's, it's kind of fun when someone does find out they're like wow Outro cast.